Greetings all. Uh, it's William again, and this will probably go out on or about the 1st of June. New month, new life, new hope. Well, we hope so. I want to talk to you about Ukraine, and the situation now is what? The situation is that Russia is slowly but steadily taking and will continue to take all of the Donbass couple of provinces, the big industrial provinces, the heavily populated east provinces of Ukraine, which have by and large a Russian-speaking population, but not entirely by any means. There's plenty of towns that are not majority Russian-speaking. Russia will take these two provinces, and there is an inevitability about that, no matter how long this miserable conflict goes. Mariupol is, of course, the port city for the Donbass region, the big industrialized region of eastern Ukraine. And that gives Russia a land bridge, as it were, to Crimea, important for water supply, fresh water supply for Crimea. They have a uh, a southern connection from mainland Russia direct to the Crimea, and that um, is by bridge, of course. The Ukraine war. Well, we know many of the consequences, refugees, misery, unhappiness, it's all there for you to see and me to see. But there are also hidden consequences you are not aware of, perhaps. For example... Marseille, the port city in southern France, which is the great, well, hub of the crime network throughout Europe, I guess, a fascinating city, is awash with guns. Well, now, Europe has already and has always been awash with handguns. They're not, not difficult to get a gun in Europe not that difficult to get a gun in the UK, the United Kingdom. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy to get a gun in the United States of America. They drop right confetti from the sky. But there's a lot of weapons now in Marseille. I know this because we have our sources. A lot of Syrians in Marseille, older Syrians who are, well, who know what's going on, I guess. So what? So where are these weapons coming from? Well, weapons are going in, light weapons are going into Ukraine from places like Slovakia, which obviously borders Ukraine. And so all the old Soviet-era AK-47s and so on are going into Ukraine from Slovakia, the surplus old stuff. And then the West is replacing state-of-the-art handguns and the like are coming into Slovakia from the West. So this is how it works. It's easy to give the Ukrainians stuff that they are familiar with. And of course, the old AK-47 anybody can use, just pull the trigger. However, the stuff going to Marseille is pretty sophisticated stuff. So presumably some of the some of the stuff that's going into Slovakia isn't getting, <laughs> is getting fed back again. No borders in Europe, of course. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, away you go. Ship your guns everywhere. Well, okay, does this matter? It matters if there are some heavier state-of-the-art weapons coming in via Marseille into southern France. 
That's disturbing. Yeah, the odd heavy machine gun and so forth. But is it a big deal? Some associated with the those elements in Marseille think it is disturbing. Some people are very concerned. But there's an inevitability about that, isn't there? When you start pouring weapons into a region, then they spread. It's a consequence. As is the money. You... <laughs> What is it? Hello, Dolly? What was the line from Hello, Dolly? Anyway, money's like manure. You should spread it around. Well, it gets spread around, you know. All those billions going in, pouring into Ukraine. Not a bad thing, perhaps, you'd say. It gets spread around. Ukraine was noted, noted as one of the most corrupt countries in the world prior to all of this. When I mean, when there was pro-Russian President who was overthrown, of course, not democratically, but by street protests. Ukraine was noted for massive corruption, but that yeah, once a habit, it's like, you know what it is. I mean, there are habits that are hard to break. They say swearing. More difficult to stop swearing than to stop smoking once you have it as a habit in your behavior, your life. It becomes automatic, a reflex. So corruption. We see lots of countries with endemic corruption. Iraq, staggering, breathtaking corruption. And India, staggering, breathtaking corruption. Right from top to bottom. I mean, these are phenomena. And Ukraine has been a country in which Corruption was mega. So who uh, is creaming off the billions? Well, of course, you have in Kiev these uh, mighty oligarchs, Ukrainian oligarchs. They have two or three of them. They're very fine flats they have in Kiev. I mean, wow, breathtaking. They're there, and and they're doing well. Weapons, money. What's also being peddled in Ukraine? False hope, would you say? Some would say. I mean, the West is willing to fight, isn't it? Until the last Ukrainian. We will fight to the last Ukrainian to defend Ukraine. They're taking a terrific toll, these Ukrainian soldiers. Terrific death toll. And the Russians, two, three times as much. But then the Russians... Well, they have greater reserves, don't they, of people to die. What a pointless war this is. So are we peddling false hope? We live in a difficult situation. Of course, Russia is doing very well out of this war if you ignore the, the brutal cost in lives because of the huge increase in revenue for Russia. Because Western sanctions on Russia have pushed up the price of oil, the price of gas, the price of wheat. Up, 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 sky high. So Russian exports, are, I know there are sanctions, but they're still exports. The exports Russia makes are bringing in gargantuan sums of money for Russia. 
now because sanctions has increased their value so much. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? And then we have President Biden. I mean, you know the situation, isn't it? His latest pronouncements. President Biden has stated that the U.S. would get involved militarily to defend Taiwan against China. Well, it sends shockwaves through the international community. It promises a much stronger stance by the United States of America towards China than was ever presumed. A bold declaration. Of course, he made the statement in a press conference, and he's historically noted for his errors and gaffes. So you could say that it shouldn't be taken at face value, and it's just uh, hollow, nothing. And indeed, the U.S. Defense Secretary of State for Defense rode back from the president's word, claiming the United States of America was sticking to its one-China policy. Its strategically ambiguous position. Strategically ambiguous. What a load of twaddle. I mean, this was while leaders of the Quad met. I always think the Quad was where we used to... I, I went to a horrendous public school, which was brutal. They used to nail the windows open in the winter. It's called Grenville College. God, it was cruel. And beaten repeatedly. And we had to assemble summer and winter every morning, rain or shine, on the Quad. The Quad was the quadrangle, the Quad, the area on which all the little boys stood to have their shoes inspected and to see that they were wearing their ties properly. Well, now it has a different meaning. The Quad is a collection of nations, Australia, India, Japan, and the United States of America. These are forming themselves into a kind of anti-China. It's strange because Australia sells most of everything it produces to China, rapes its own country in order to do so. But never mind. Australia, India, Japan, and United States of America are now called the Quad, and they meet occasionally. And the declaration by Biden of support for Taiwan, this was at the same time as the Quad meeting. And the consequence is, because this is all relates back to Ukraine, the consequence is that immediately Russia and China organized joint military exercises as a show of force to show that a stronger relationship is on the horizon between Russia and China. Ah, dangerous, isn't it, Mr. Biden? Your words have consequences. There's a risk. And Biden will have been advised about this. This is the curious thing. He will have been advised about this. There is a risk of a new power block emerging. Russia, China, and then the little satellites, Iran, North Korea, Serbia, Syria, Belarus, Lebanon, Yemen, Afghanistan. Yes, what we're talking about is the overuse of sanctions by the West the overuse of sanctions, is creating an environment in which not only do people die and suffer, but we're creating an environment in which, in which we may well see a new banking alternative, swift banking alternative emerge, possibly. 
And this is all to do with the Ukraine war. I mean, is there any good news about the Ukraine war? Yes, there is. It's good for climate reduction in a world in which Bolsonaro is burning and destroying more of the Amazon in one month than he was destroying in one year previously. I mean, yes, the increase in the price of oil, the increase in the price of natural gas is driving people towards alternative energy on a major scale. Unfortunately, it's also driving them towards nuclear, which I think is short-sighted. But there we are. We always have had short-sighted governments looking for the quick fix. But, yes, it's good. This war serves climate reduction. So there's a little silver lining, if you can imagine a silver lining in an environment of massive suffering. What should be done? Well, Ukraine and Russia are the grain baskets of the world. Russia, of course, will continue to export grain, maybe not to Europe, but to other nations. But Ukraine, when the world needs their supplies. And the fact that Ukraine's wheat is not getting out is hugely disturbing. So what do we need to do? What we need... I'm sorry, we need a peace settlement that involves the lifting of sanctions. We need a peace settlement that involves what? Well, you're going to have to call it a ceasefire then. The status quo is the status quo. Most of the Donbass will be taken by Russia, including Mariupol. There's no way back from that. But we need an end to this thing now. And then we need to send in the minesweepers. Unfortunately, Britain has got rid of some of its state-of-the-art minesweepers. It used to have some of the best in the world. But anyway, there are enough around. Send in the minesweepers, clear the mines, and then bring the grain out in convoys. Because the world needs it. This needs to be done fast. Because there's a new harvest coming. Oh, where are you going to put the new harvest if you haven't got, you haven't got the old harvest out of the grain silos? The old harvest needs to be distributed to Africa, to the world or starvation will ensue. It's a disturbing time, and desperate times need desperate actions, and Putin, Putin, well, the less said the better. But these are desperate times. We're reshaping the world here. We're making a new bipolar world with... Russia and China on one side, and America and Europe on the other. Fine. It's what we want. Care for what you wish for. It has consequences. Everything has consequences. There's no such thing as action without reaction. You're going to defeat Russia? Big ask. That's a big ask. And having a chance at it. We did perhaps have a chance at it, but not since Biden's come out against China on Taiwan. That's driven China and Russia together, arm in arm against the West. Everything is dangerous. I guess doing nothing is dangerous. But if you're going to do something, then less of the sanctions that punish people rather than governments? That's the one appeal I would make. Anyhow. So what? So 
Biden. Is he foolish? Is he doing the best he can under the circumstances, given the brutality of, of Mr. Putin? Well, perhaps he is. Perhaps he's doing the best he can under the circumstances. But these are dangerous times, and a word here, a word there, creates reactions that will affect all of our futures. I'm sure Biden's a man of good conscience, but we must be careful about sanctions and war when we're dealing with the world's biggest supplier of energy in terms of natural gas to Europe and the world's biggest supplier of wheat in terms of bread for Africa in Ukraine. We must be careful. Tread carefully, lest we throw out the baby with the bathwater. Are we going to have a better tomorrow? I hope so. I think this war in Ukraine will end ultimately through utter exhaustion on both sides. And then we have a chance at a new beginning and a better tomorrow. Okay, God bless you one and all. Let's hope for a better tomorrow, and I'm sure a better tomorrow is coming. This war will end, if only from exhaustion on all parties. My, what a waste it has been. God bless you one and all.